Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. You have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com slash pcan. Send messages to the show on Twitter, at go for can and why it on Twitter at go for can give us a follow G O F O R I T G A N T and make sure and make sure you go to the website go for sports.com where we continue to talk sports and have fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expect it to be joined by. Philadelphia 76ers center, Rashawn Holmes. And, and the Philadelphia 76ers at this point, you look at this basketball team, and this is a team that might make a huge jump this year. They trust the process of Philadelphia, Sam Hickey and those boys, for a long time. And now it, it seems like it's harvest time. It, it's time for this thing to harvest, and it could land the Philadelphia 76ers possibly in the playoffs. We'll see. But I do know this. I do know this. It's an exciting time to be in Philadelphia with a Ben Simmons, with a Markel Fultz, and also with a Joel Embiid. So it's an exciting time in Philly, an exciting time for the 76ers, and it should be fun. But we're going to talk to Rashawn Holmes. Also, as we go through this next hour, got a lot to get to. Of course, we're going to talk some NFL, a lot of NFL news stories out there. Also, we got to talk Aaron Hernandez. We, we, we got to get into that. Andre Ward stepping away. We got to get to that. Canelo and Triple G. We got to get to that. We got a lot to get to in a short time to get there. So let's go on and get there. So last night, International Football League, Thursday Night Football. And of course, Thursday Night Football, uh, you know, not, you, you don't necessarily get, the most exciting play, you know, you, 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 the, the game is usually ragged, not very fun, not very, you know, watchable. But last night was interesting. Last night was fun. Last night was a lot of points. Last night was a lot of points. At 41 to 39, 
And who knew a 49ers team who hadn't scored a touchdown could drop 39 points? And this Rams team who had trouble scoring the football or scoring, period, last season, you know, this team couldn't score. And, you know, they got a 40-burger, a 40-spot against uh, the Colts earlier the first game of the season, and they dropped 41 against the 49ers this time around, and Todd Gurley had the game of his life. So Todd Gurley put up some big-time numbers, and his his play was one of the reasons the Rams were able to win. They were able to hold on, although they almost blew it down the stretch there. What, 15.4 quarter lead? Almost blew it. Almost. But they found a way to hold on. Gurley with two touchdowns on the ground. Gurley with a touchdown through the air. Three touchdowns in total. Almost 100, 100 plus 50 yards total offense. Excuse me, almost over 160. And, and this guy, 113 on the ground, 36 through the air. I mean, he did it all. And Jerichoff playing some much better football than last year. Last season, he looked lost. Last season, he looked out of sync. Last season, he didn't look like an NFL quarterback. Now, this year, he, he's starting to look like an NFL quarterback. He, he, he's starting to look like the number one pick in the NFL draft like he was last season. He's starting to turn into that guy and be that guy. He's starting to be that guy. And so the Rams right now, off to a 2-1 start. Of course, the 49ers struggling, and they probably will continue to struggle throughout the course of this NFL season. Brian Hoyer is their quarterback. Enough said. Defensively, they don't really stop anybody. Enough said. So all these things are working against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. All these things are working against the 49ers. Kim, don't defend too well. Don't stop you. And doesn't really, don't really score unless we talk about last night. But other than last night, they haven't scored. And they haven't put up numbers. And last night they did. But they lost because they can't stop nobody. But anyway, it, it was a fun Thursday night football. It's a rarity where you get a fun Thursday night football game. A lot of times Thursday night football games are duds. And you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I watch Thursday night football, but I think it's something I could do without. I get it, but it, it's it's not a great brand of football, and especially if you're talking player safety, can't be safe to play on Sunday then come on back on Thursday, just can't. But what do I know? And that brings me to my next point. That brings me to my next point. Um. Aaron Hernandez. Now, Aaron Hernandez, we all know Aaron Hernandez, sadly, and it's always unfortunate when anybody kills himself. And Aaron Hernandez, actually, and I say that, but there's a lot of people who may not have sympathy for Aaron Hernandez considering what he has done. But anyway, killed himself back in April in prison, in a prison cell, and obviously, and then killing himself, you know. It's sad. It's, it's always sad. But Aaron Hernandez, a, a guy who had a life sentence, no chance of parole for the murder of Odin Lloyd. So he, he was in prison forever, ever. I know they were planning an appeal. 
and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, the more more than likely Aaron Hernandez was going to spend the rest of his natural life in prison. Some say rightfully so. Who am I to judge? But at the same time, you know, based off his behavior, and, and anytime you take a life, you know, you, you probably deserve to spend an extended period, if not the rest of your life, in a prison cell. It's just the way life works. But anyway, according to Ann McKee, okay, the director of CTE Center at Boston University, she said that Aaron Hernandez, you know, had, you know, stage three of CTE, stage three, and, and this stage three causes uh, mood swings and, and depression and, 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 and other things. And, and so obviously, and, and, and to me, this doesn't absolve Aaron Hernandez from acting like a common criminal, for acting like a gangbanger, for being a thug. That, that doesn't absolve that, but I, I think it, it might give us a level of understanding or, or kind of take us in the head of Aaron Hernandez a little bit. Because this is a guy, you know, uh, who you look at football, and it's a violent game. It is a violent game. There's no getting around that. And the more I, I don't get me wrong, I love football, and I continue to watch football. But when I watch these collisions and and, and see these hits and, and, and see the, the, the type of stuff that these guys go through to get on the field and stay on the field, it, it, it it's in the back of your head. It, it kind of sticks in the back of your head. Obviously, it doesn't change how I feel about the sport. Oh, how I feel about the sport, but it, it sticks in the back of my head. And it's in the back of my head, and, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, I, I look at these guys and I look at the NFL and, and I'm saying, wow, these guys, man, they put themselves through all this stuff, all these risks. And I know they make a good amount of money. And, and I know, you know, that the money is good and they have an opportunity to make a nice living for their family, an opportunity to, to buy houses for their family and an opportunity to, to bring their family out of certain situations. I get all that. I get all that. But here's the thing. Even in getting all that, there's a price and the toll that the game of football puts on these guys' body. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough, and it's, it, it's in the back of my head. Knowing some of the research, you know, some of the, knowing about some of the stuff that we hear and, and that we see, you, you, you get the sense, okay, like, I wonder, in terms of football, the future of football. And I say that from this standpoint. The future of football. And so you look at football at this point, you wonder, what's the future like? I mean, you got some guys saying, hey, the game could die off and 20, 25 years, and you got a large segment of the population saying, I'm not letting my kids play football. You know, I'm not going to let them do it. I'm going to keep them away from the game of football because it's dangerous. 
I'm going to keep them away from the game of football because I don't want them to, to have any issues, concussion issues. I don't want them to, to have any issues with their mind and with their brain as they grow older. I don't want that for my child. Concussions. It, it, the more we learn about concussions, the scarier it is. I mean, it, it, it's a scary proposition. It's a scary proposition to, to see this. And again, obviously Aaron Hernandez and his family suing the NFL. And, you know, they feel like, hey, the league didn't give us the necessary information about CTE and the effects of CTE and the effects of playing football on the mind, on the brain. But I'm like this. And, and I get why they're suing. I understand why they're suing. But you talk to most football players, and I think they'll tell you, look, if given the opportunity, I'd do it again. Knowing the risks, knowing what, what could happen, what may happen, what possibly have, could happen, I'm going to take my chances, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to play football. I, I know that I could be, you know, messing up my body. I, I know that I could be shortening my life. But I think if you have an opportunity to do what you love and can make a decent amount of money doing it, you can understand why certain guys continue on to play and, and just continue to play and to play and to play and, and, you know, try to get as much money as possible. Because the game, I get it. I get it. And so even though there's risk, there's the, the reward is, is, is pretty good, too. The reward to make millions of dollars is pretty good. Pretty good. And so I get it. I understand. But I feel like you kind of know the risk. And, and maybe the NFL has not been forthright about a lot of things when it comes to the issue of concussions. But this is its kind of a new science in a lot of ways. And we're learning a lot about concussions and the effect of concussions day in and day out. It's scary. It's scary. Even boxing. It's scary. All combat sports, all all punches, you know, guys taking punches to the head, that's scary. And the effects that it can have on the brain, on the mind, that's scary. But at the end of the day, it's not going to stop people from boxing. It's not going to stop people from playing football. But I, I think, you know, the pool might be limited moving forward, especially learning what we've, we've learned and knowing what we know. Aaron Hernandez is only 27 years old. Only 27. And for, for, for him, for his brain, to, to have that level of damage, it, it's it's tough. But then my question becomes this. 
okay, you, you, you play X amount of years at Florida. You played X amount of years in the NFL. You played Pop Warner football. You, you played uh, high school football. You, you played at all these different levels. Can we hold the NFL uh, – can the NFL be liable for something that could have happened many years ago before he even stepped on an NFL football field? I mean, maybe, you know, Aaron Hernandez had CTE and showed signs of CTE before he even stepped on the NFL football a football field, excuse me. I mean, the guy played in 38 games. Played in 38 NFL football games. 38. And in college, he played in 30, well, 20, 10, 20, 30, 37. Played in 40 college football games. So played in 38 NFL games, played in 40 college football games. So he actually played more football on a collegiate level than he played in the NFL on the NFL level. So who's liable? NCAA, NFL, high school, you know, his high school? Who's liable? Obviously, they're pointing at the NFL. And why not? The NFL has the most money. Point to them. See what you can get. See if you can get paid. You know, so see what you can get. And that's where they're going. That's what they're doing. And I, you can't blame the family. I get it. But you can argue maybe Odin Lloyd and his family should get a little taste of that. A little piece of that money, but it, it, it's just it's a tough situation, and, and I do think, I do think, at some point, sometime, well, I, I'll say this: NFL is king, top sport in America. You know, it, it's 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 top sport in America, and you know, being that it is the top sport in America. It's head and shoulders above any other sport in America. It just is. So, with that being said, it's still in a good position. It's still the best. But, 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 you got to look at it this way. Even though it's all those things, even though it's all those things, the reality is, how long can it keep on top? The NBA, I believe, is coming. They don't have this issue. They do not have this issue. The NBA is coming. I'm not saying the NBA is going to surpass the NFL. But so I think, you know, we, we it, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting, and we'll definitely see what happens moving forward with this whole situation. Should be interesting to see how this thing plays out. You wonder how the NFL is going to combat this situation. Let's go to Minnesota now. Sam Bradford out again. 
against the Buccaneers. Chase Keenum will get the start. And every time I look at teams and I look at the backup quarterback situation, I go look at Colin Kaepernick. And I, I see that Colin Kaepernick still does not have a job. I see that Colin Kaepernick still cannot find a way to get signed in or on a football team. I, I, I see that. I, I see that. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, Case Keenum is better than Colin Kaepernick? Case Keenum? Is better than Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> and then it goes on and on. Josh McCown, you know Jacoby Brissett. I can go on and on about the issue, but anyway, we look at the issue with Sam Bradford at this point. He's out; he's going to miss a second game, and that's obviously a, a huge blow to the Minnesota Vikings. And you know, we're not really sure what's going on. Apparently, he's going to seek a second opinion from the great Dr. Andrews. You know, so you don't know what it's going to be with with Sam Bradford. Obviously, this is a guy who's had any issues, you know, ACL repairs in 2013 and 2014, a guy who's really had a hard time staying on the field. And and a guy that, you know, we, we, we... I feel like Sam Bradford, like I was watching the Monday night game and, and, and John Gruden was drooling when talking about Sam Bradford. And I'm like, okay, th- this guy, it's like one of the reasons that he continues to get contracts and decent money around this league is because we really don't know what he could be or what he is. I mean, injuries have been a part of that. I mean, injuries have definitely been a part of that. Also, you know, the situation in in, in St. Louis with the Rams, you know, we're not sure. We're not sure even with that whole situation, like whether it's in Philadelphia where, you know, you could try to find and make an excuse for him. You know, Chip Kelly didn't have weapons for him. St. Louis didn't necessarily have weapons for him, didn't have a team surrounded by, you know, for him, uh, didn't have the guys around him for him to be successful. Even Minnesota last year, decent numbers last year, but that offense struggled. And, and then we can attribute that to, you know, his offensive line wasn't that great. I mean, we, we, we find excuses and excuses and excuses after excuse for Sam Bradford. We're finding excuses for this guy. But at the end of the day, no matter how many excuses we find for this guy, you know, he doesn't stay healthy. He's had an issue staying healthy. That's huge. Your health is your wealth. And also, you're a great part of ability is availability. And he hasn't been available very much. He really hasn't been all that available. And because of it, you know, because he's not available, you know, obviously you can't really rely on this guy. And, you know, teams have tried to rely on Sam Bradford, and teams have been disappointed each and every time. Teams have been disappointed. 
each and every time. And so we can talk about what Sam Bradford is, what he can do, his accuracy, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, he's got to stay on the field. And he hasn't shown the ability to, to, to be able to stay on the field. That, that's bottom line. That is the bottom line. Kevin Durant, he, he, he's having fun on Twitter. You know, he's having some fun on Twitter. Apparently, Kevin Durant might have even a fake Twitter or, or another Twitter that he uses to, to, I guess, to tweet people. He loves Twitter. But, you know, it got him into a little trouble this week. You know, Durant went hard after OKC, a, a team that he led to the NBA Finals back in 2012 but ultimately couldn't get it done, couldn't win an NBA title. But, you know, on Twitter, he's tweeting, hey, quote, he didn't like the organization or playing for Billy Donovan. His roster wasn't that good. It was just him and Russ. So talking about himself in third person, obviously he may have forgotten to log out of the verified KD uh, Twitter and to log in to his fake Twitter. <laughs> And he likes Twitter, likes to talk on Twitter, likes to say things on Twitter. So he does. You hear Herman Edwards say this all the time, all the time. Watch. Be careful what you say before, you know, Look it over, not once, not twice, three times before you press send. And Kevin Durant hasn't looked over his Twitter, or actually he forgot. He, he forgot. He, he forgot to, to to log on out and to log into his, his, his other account, his fake account. He forgot. Can't forget that. You cannot forget that. Especially if you're going to have a fake account. You can't forget those things. You can't. And he did. Maybe KD should just take a social media Twitter break. Maybe he should take a Twitter break. Take a backseat from the Twitterverse. And, and just watch what he does before, or watch what he says carefully before he presses send. You got to, or you end up looking like a fool. Because you end up talking crazy on Twitter, and you forget to sign out. You forget to sign out, and, and you just say some crazy stuff on Twitter about an organization in OKC who seemingly was good to you. And, um, you know, ultimately, you were up 3-1 against the Golden State Warriors, and you lost a 3-1 lead a couple years ago, and your your name was on that. You were one of the reasons that it happened. Oh, it, it, it wasn't just Russ. It wasn't just, 
you know, Steven Adams. Wasn't Kantner. It was others. It was you. It was you too, KD. You're, you're equally responsible. You're responsible for what, for what went wrong. You're responsible. No way you should have lost a 3-1 series lead. You had that series in the bag. And you guys just collapsed during that fourth quarter. Turnover after turnover in that game six. You know, possessions were bad. Shot selection was bad. And ultimately, because of that, you guys lost in game six. And ultimately, you lost in game seven. And ultimately, you decided, KT, I can't beat him. I might as well join him. And you decided to join him. And you joined those boys out in Golden State. And ultimately, in joining those boys out in Golden State, you won an NBA title. You got yourself an NBA title. You got it. But I would love to have seen you staying uh, in OKC. I would love to have seen OKC and Golden State go at it for years to come because those that series was fun. And I was looking forward to another year of it and another year of it and another one and another one and another one i was looking forward to it i really was but you kd you decided that you wanted to join russ and i mean not russ join steph and them and try to win a title i guess the easy way on some level and you got it you definitely got it. But watch what you do on Twitter, man. All right. We're going to bring in a guy now. Rashawn Holmes of the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia, at this point, you look at the 76ers, a lot of hope, a lot of, lot, lot of happiness, a lot of people excited about the possibilities of Philadelphia with, with Joel Embiid, with uh, Ben Simmons, with Markel Fultz. A lot of people are excited in Philadelphia about the possibilities. Could this team, which went through the process for a few years and tanked and stanked and all that good stuff, with the ultimate goal to get to number one pick or get lottery picks, and those lottery picks ultimately got you with Joel Embiid. Those lottery picks ultimately got you Ben Simmons. Those lottery picks ultimately got you Markel Fultz. You know, a few trades here, a few trades there. And ultimately, this team is where I guess they want to be on some level. And we'll see if that some level is the playoffs. Let's bring in Rashawn Holmes. Let's bring him in now. Sixer center, Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn, how are you? How's it going? How's it going? Appreciate you having me. Thanks for joining us. And I look at the situation in Philly. You know, we, we trusted the process in Philly for a long time, but now things are on the up and up. Ben Simmons, of course, Markel Fultz, Joel Embiid. How excited are you for this upcoming season? Well, I'm very excited. You know, um, the city's been waiting for a long time, you know, um, for a competitive team like this, you know, and uh, just to have the talent that we have, 
and uh, the opportunity that we have. You know, we've all been working extremely hard. You know, just excited for the opportunity and to go out there and represent the city. So let me ask you this. Obviously, there has been some years of losing, and you've experienced some losing. How difficult was all that losing? Put it into words. I mean, it's tough. You know, it's tough. You know, I, I hate losing more than anything. You know, to go through that, you know, it's definitely tough. But, you know, you you're able to learn some things, you know, able to, you know, get yourself better, you know, do things better, you know, anything you can help to win games, little things, you know, you learn to do. So, you know, you definitely something you can learn from. But, you know, losing is always tough. For sure. So, we look at this basketball team now. Like I said before, you got some pieces in place. Do you feel like this team is a playoff team next season? I definitely feel like we can make the playoffs. You know, we got the talent. You know, it's just uh, just a fact of putting it together and uh, us messing. But I, I definitely think we could make the playoffs next year, and I think that's the goal. Now, if you do make the playoffs, well, obviously you feel like you can make the playoffs. But do you feel like you guys are contenders at this point? I mean, I feel like we're competitive with anything. You know, we you know we always play hard. You know, we come to play. Every time we step on the screen, I feel like with that attitude, with the talent that we have, you know, we can compete with anybody. We're talking to Sixers center, Rashawn Holmes. Let me ask you this. Joel Embiid, as of right now, has not been clear for five on five. Does that concern you at all? I mean, Joe's been coming in every day, you know, working extremely hard. You know, I, I think, no, I think, I know he's going to be fine. You know, he's, you know, like I said, he's been working hard, putting the work in. You know, he looks great on the court. You know, seeing him work out, seeing the way he's moving, things of that sort. You know, I don't think anybody has anything to worry about. So it's a matter of time, in your opinion? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely, you know. But, you know, I think he's definitely going to be back on the court and definitely be back to dominating. So let me ask you this. If we look at Joel Embiid, and, and we got a little small sample size last season, but it was good, man. He, he put up some big-time numbers, played some big-time basketball. If Joel Embiid can stay healthy, how good or great can this guy be? I mean, I think the sky's really the limit for him. You know, uh, like you said last year, you know, you saw how, how effortlessly he can dominate a basketball game. You know, that's after missing two years of playing. So, you know, I just think the sky's the limit for him. You know, just a, just a matter of him being on the court, you know, continuing to learn, continuing to get better. And, you know, like I said, man, that guy's so talented. You know, the sky's the limit for him. He's very talented on the basketball court. It seems to be very talented on Twitter. I mean, this guy's on Twitter. Got some great material, man. I mean, where did he come up with all this stuff? Uh-huh. Uh, this is his personality. You know, he, he loves that fun, loves to crack jokes. You know, he's just naturally a funny guy. You know, uh, just a funny person to be around. It shows. It definitely shows. We're talking to Philadelphia 76ers center, Rashawn Holmes. I, I, I want to ask about Ben Simmons real quick. You know, obviously he missed last season, but he's looking to come on back, looking to play point guard next season for the Philadelphia 76ers. How do you see this guy? I mean, obviously the skill set is there. Obviously the ability is there. How do you see Ben Simmons? Uh, I see him, you know, he's gone. I think he's going to take the league by storm next year for sure. You know, he's, 
you know, he's been obsessed with coming back this year better than, than he was, you know, the, in his workouts, you know, in the five on five, you know, he's, you know, he's a guy, he's hungry, you know, he wants to prove himself and I think the city's going to be very excited when he steps on the floor next year. Let's talk about you now. You know, after New Orleans Noel was traded in February, you know, you started to get some consistent minutes and you started to put up some solid numbers. In March, where you started nine games, you averaged 14 points and almost seven rebounds per game. Do you feel like for you it's all about putting up – it's all about, excuse me, getting those minutes? And if you get those minutes, you can put up decent numbers in the NBA? Oh, most definitely. You know, uh, I knew I always had the talent. You know, it's just about, you know, the opportunity to present itself and you got to be ready. You know, so I definitely think with the more playing time, you know, the better you'll get and uh, the more you produce on the floor. Was it or is it a little frustrating for you from this standpoint? Obviously, Embiid's in place. At one point, Noel was in place. Obviously, he's going on now. Okafor's in place. I mean, so there's a lot of bigs there in Philadelphia. There have been a lot of bigs in Philadelphia since you've been there. Knowing what you can do, knowing what you did do when you got consistent minutes, is this situation at times frustrating for you? I mean, no, not at all. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's competitive. You know, you, you play this game to compete every day. You know, I enjoy it, you know, with all the talent that we've had at the big man position. You know, it's done nothing but gotten me better and got me more prepared. So, you know, I'm I'm always looking forward to challenges. I always look forward to competing. You know, it's fun. So, uh, I enjoy it. So, you feel like practicing against MB, practicing against Noel Okafor, and soon to be Amir Johnson, too, but practicing with those guys have made you a better player. Oh, most definitely, without a doubt. You know, the the better competition you play against, the better you're going to become. And uh, those guys definitely have pushed me in practice, you know, to uh, to get better every day. So, like I said, I enjoy it. It's competitive and uh, it's fun. So let me ask you this. Obviously now, you know, Amir Johnson's in the fold. Okafor's in the fold still at this point. Do you what role do you expect to have with Philadelphia next season? Um, you know, I'm just looking to whenever my name is called to just play with energy. Honestly, like, you know, I never really worry about it. You know, uh, I know what I'm, what my job is when I get on the floor, and I understand that that's all I focus on. So, what did you do over this summer now to get better, to to become a better player? I just live in the gym, you know, live in the weight room, you know, trying to get my body slimmer, stronger, you know, be able to move faster and uh, just get on the court working on, you know, spacing the floor and knocking down the three more consistently, you know, things like that, you know. So I've just been, you know, just putting the time into the gym, into the areas that I need to get better and uh, trying to improve. Do you think you have, you know, increased your range on your jump shot? Almost definitely. I think my, uh, you know, I shot it pretty well last year, and I definitely think I improved over the summer. So, looking forward to getting out there and uh, and, and playing. We're going to see you behind the line shooting those threes next year. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Got to be able to face the floor. So, I said I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. For sure, we're talking to Philadelphia 76ers center Rashawn Holmes. So. As we look at the Sixers now, obviously we talked about Simmons, we talked about Embiid, Markel Fultz. 
number one pick in the NBA draft. Obviously, you want him to come in and put up some big-time numbers for the Philadelphia 76ers. Your little time with him, what are you seeing out of Fultz? Oh, he's very talented. You know, very talented. He can, uh, you know, get to his spots on the floor. You know, very good isolation, you know, getting to the rim and things like that. So, you know, he has a lot of talent and uh, he's able to score the ball. So it's going to be fun uh, to watch him play as well. Yeah, and, and if, like you said, and like we said, man, if, if these guys can put it together, playoffs are definitely a possibility for the Philadelphia 76ers next season. And, and who knows? If this core can stay together, you know, this could be something special. Are, are you looking at it that way? I mean, if these guys pan out, this could be something special in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, I think I think everybody's looking at the opportunity that we have, you know, uh, opportunity we have to, to play well, to do big things in the city, you know, and I think everybody's hungry to do that. So I definitely think this, this thing can go, can go to big places, go far. It's a matter of putting it together. And, uh, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a lot of talent. You know, it's a lot of guys who work hard. You know, so the sky's the limit for us. So you're 23 years old. By the time the season starts, you'll be 24 years old. As a whole, just looking at your game, assessing your career at this point and, and moving forward, do you feel like ultimately you're a starter in the NBA? I mean, I definitely feel like I had a talent to be, you know, but, but whatever the wrong is, um, you know what I'm saying, on any given night, you know, you have to be ready, you know. Like, you have to bring what you bring to the game. You have to focus on, you know, doing what your coach tells you, you know, and just bringing what you doing, what your job is. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And a guy like you, second-round pick, able to, you know, do what you've done thus far in your career, it's pretty impressive. You spent some time in the D League last year. How much did that that help your progress moving forward? I think it helped tremendously. You know, just you know, at that time of the season, you know, wasn't playing a lot, so to go down there and be able, you know, to play, to run, to get in game shape, you know, what I'm saying things like that. You know, it's important. It's important to be able to keep that experience, be able to keep, you know, that game shape in, and you know, the the D League definitely helped with that. So I I enjoyed it. So, obviously, like we said, you are going to be competing with support some minutes next season. End of the day, do you feel like you will be the backup center in Philadelphia when it's all said and done? I'm definitely going to put my hat in the ring. Like I said, you know, it's, it's going to be competitive in training camp. You know, we're going to have fun. You know, and, uh, we're going to go at it. And it's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We're talking to Philadelphia 76ers center, Rashawn Holmes. And we'll get out on this. And we talked about this earlier, but at the end of the day, just so we're clear, you expect to make the playoffs or, or get very close to the playoffs next season? Oh, most definitely. Definitely expect a big improvement. I think that's everybody's goal to make the playoffs, and uh, that's what we've been working toward. And it's, uh, it's going to be a fun ride. You know, it's an exciting season. And a lot of people in Philadelphia cannot wait for the possibilities of this team. I mean, and like you said, and like we said earlier, the city of Philadelphia, in terms of basketball, has not seen a winner in a very long time. And so this is a great opportunity with the roster that is put together 
by the Philadelphia 76ers at this point. Great opportunity for this team to do some things, maybe not this year, but moving forward, this team can, can definitely be a, a big-time team if everything pans out for this team. Rashawn, absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Would love to do it again. Thanks a lot, man. Once again, appreciate you having me. I enjoyed it. Sean Holmes, Philadelphia 76ers. The NFL, NBA season, man, it, it's close. It, it's close, man. It, it's going to be an exciting – and you can say, oh, we all know who's going to be in the finals, Cavaliers and the Warriors. But guess what? I, I said this before, and I'll say this again, and let me repeat it so you're clear. First and foremost, Kyrie Irving to Boston is intriguing. Isaiah Thomas to Cleveland it equally is intriguing. So that, that's an intriguing matchup between these two guys, these two teams, two teams, excuse me, and these two guys. It's, it, it's exciting, very exciting. And so that's exciting. And, and having those two guys in different locations is going to be fun. And, you know, those guys going to the rival teams. Um, we look at, obviously, you know, it, it's going to be fun, man. It, it, it's going to be fun. The talent is, is big time in the NBA. You know, the Rockets with Chris Paul is going to be fun. You know, it, it's going to be amazing, man. OKC with Paul George and Westbrook together, that's going to be fun. I mean, a lot of things are going to be fun. When it comes to the NBA next season, it, it, it's, it's going to be fun. It's, it's almost here. It's almost here, man. Can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Let's go to boxing now. Canelo Alvarez, Triple G. Great fight, by the way. Great, great fight. You know, two guys who got it on. Good scrap. An exciting fight. A fight that we waited for a long time to see, uh, a fight that we were excited to see, couldn't wait to see. And, and it was it was a great scrap, man. And these two guys went, went at it. Back and forth action throughout the course of the fight. Started a, a little slow, but picked up as the fight went on. And ultimately, we got a draw. First and foremost, at some point, at some time in that fight, I thought a draw was inevitable because I, I felt like here's the thing. Here's the thing. When it comes to Canelo Alvarez, he gets the benefit of the doubt when it comes to decisions. You know, we, we, we can look at Floyd Mayweather, Canelo ended up one four. I mean, CJ Ross had to fight one fourteen one fourteen. I mean, come on. Anybody that saw Mayweather Canelo, New 114, 114 was a joke. You know, you could talk about the Cotto scores. Uh, Canelo and Cotto. You know that? Canelo won the fight. And he legitimately won the fight. The scorecards were, were, were crazy. They were crazy and they were extremely, extremely wide. I mean, what? We, we got 
119, I think 119, 109, one scorecard, 118, 110. I mean, it's those scorecards were just crazy. Now, obviously, we, we come to this scorecard here uh, with, uh, I mean, the, the Adelaide Bird. And, you know, unfortunately, that name has overshadowed this fight on some level because of her 118-110 scorecard for Canelo Alvarez. If you watched that fight, if you watched that fight, you saw that fight, ain't no way in the world 118-110 is right. Ain't no way that's right. 118, 110. That was not right. You know, she had Canelo winning. Triple G only won two rounds. Only two rounds on her scorecard. How's that possible? Does she not know boxing? Is her eyes messed up? Was the fix in? I mean, I don't know. But I do know this. I do know this. I can live with a draw in this fight. You know, 118, you got 118, 110, 115, 113, and you got 114, 114. I can live with a draw in this fight. It ends up as a draw. I can live with a draw. I'm okay with the draw in this fight. It was a competitive fight. It was a back and forth fight. But ain't no way 118-110 should have been on anybody's scorecard. If you know boxing, if you watch boxing, and I'm assuming that being that she is a judge, she watches boxing. I'm assuming that being she is a judge, she knows the sport of boxing. I mean, come on. That's just inexcusable on that spotlight, on that stage, for that to happen. It should not happen. It, it, it definitely should not happen on this stage. And it, 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 you got boxing who obviously boxing all, you know, we can talk about on and on, boxing's dead, boxing's dead, boxing's going to die, da 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 But the sport, no one puts on an event like the sport of boxing. No one. I mean, the, the, the people flock, you know, people make, make, it's almost like a Super Bowl on some level. I mean, you got Mayweather McGregor, what, 4 million pay-per-view buys? So that's 4 million people who bought it. And could you imagine how many other people just watched it? And you got people watching in, in movie theaters. And you got people watching it, you know, at people's parties. You got yeah, parties, a la the Super Bowl. And so boxing had a big-time event, a, a fight, a legitimate fight. I mean, Mayweather-McGregor wasn't really all that legit. It, it, was, a, it was a spectacle. It was a show, but it wasn't. It wasn't what we saw on Saturday night. It, it wasn't Canelo Alvarez and Triple G 
Gennady Golovkin. It wasn't that. It wasn't even close to that. We all knew Mayweather was going to win, and Mayweather essentially toyed with McGregor in that fight. He toyed with him. Let, let, let's be honest about it. And, you know, he let McGregor shoot his load, and the shoot, as soon as McGregor shot his load, he dropped him. He ended it. Ball game. It really was that simple. McGregor had nothing left to give. But with Canelo and, and, and Triple G, it was a fight between two guys, two of the best middleweights in boxing, two of the best pound-for-pound pound guys in the sport. I mean, it was a fight that – it was a great fight and a fight that we waited a long time to see and a fight that we're going to look forward to see again. And at the end of the day, uh, Canelo wins and, and, and Triple G wins because now it's a bigger payday for both of these guys, and the fight becomes even bigger. We can talk about Adelaide Bird all we want, but it was a good fight. It wasn't like it was a dud. It, it wasn't like it was boring. It wasn't like it wasn't no back-and-forth action. It was a great fight. Greatest fight of all time? No. Greatest middleweight fight of all time. No. A great, a, a good scrap and, and, and a good fight. A good fight. I, I was, I'm not surprised. I said before the fight. I said before the fight. Look, I think it was going to take, I think it was going to take Triple G knocking Canelo out in order to win the fight. That was the only way he could win the fight. The only way he wins that fight is by knocking Canelo out. If it was close, if if it was questionable, it was going to go to the side. It was going to go to the side of Canelo. That's just the way it goes. That's the way it goes. It was going to go to Canelo. And it did. And again, he didn't win the fight, but he got the draw, and he got another opportunity. You know, he kept what he had, and Canelo, Triple G kept what he had. And then they do it again. They do it again. And I look forward to them doing it again, and I look forward to watching them do it again. Let's go back to the NFL round and the New York Giants. I mean, the New York Giants were awful. On Monday Night Football. They were awful. Eli and that offensive line, Brandon Marshall couldn't catch, couldn't hold on to the ball. Eli couldn't get, they couldn't protect Eli. It was a mess. It was a mess in New York on, on Monday Night Football. And I look at the Giants at this point, obviously you're playing against the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that gets after the quarterback. You know, Eric Flowers is struggling mightily. He's struggling mightily. And you got, you know, Brandon Graham and a Vinnie Curry and, you know, Fletcher Cox coming at you. That's not going to be fun for the New York Giants. That's not going to be fun. And, you know, Detroit got after got after him pretty good, got after uh, Eli pretty good. And so Chris Long is coming, Graham, and, and, and like I said, Cox and, and Curry and Barnett, all these guys are coming. And I don't know if the Giants 
offensive line can hold up. I don't know. I don't know if they can hold up. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But the Giants could easily go over three. And the reality is they can't run the ball. The reality is Odell Beckham Jr. is not healthy. And I don't know if he will be healthy. He says he has a six- to eight-week injury. So I don't know if he'll be healthy unless he stays out the six- to eight weeks. I don't know if he's going to be healthy at all this season. The Giants just have a making, and I know it's only two weeks into the NFL, and I know a lot can happen, 14 more games, a lot can happen. But the Giants at this point just don't look the part. They don't look the part. They, they don't look the part in terms of being able to turn this thing around. You don't protect the quarterback. You don't run the football. Your, 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 your best weapon, Odell Beckham Jr., is not healthy. Brandon Marshall, a guy you brought in from across the street or basically from the other locker room with the Jets, he's not playing well. He's dropping footballs. He's not making plays. He's not doing what you need him to do. And so ultimately, defensively, they're solid. They're solid. But other than that, you know, obviously, you know, Vernon and and JPP and those guys, you know, Jenkins and those guys, Collins, Landon Collins, and, and those guys. But other than that, I mean, other than the defense, which, again, has been solid, Anything on the offensive side of the ball has been bad. Eli. And, and the turning point in that game, Giants get a fumble. Then Eli turned around and throws a pick. And, and, that, and at the time, the game was 7-7. Seven to seven. Giants got the ball back, maybe a little momentum as well. And then, and then, trouble. Eli throws a pick. And that's it. And then the, the, the Lions scored, and the game was pretty much over. At, well, it wasn't pretty much over, but that was a big-time turning point. And then he had the Brandon Marshall drop. That was huge, which led to them having the punt, which led to the punt return, and that officially put the game away. That put the game away, and that was a wrap. And it was a wrap after that. I want to thank Philadelphia 76er Center. Bye. You know, it's obviously going to be a fun time in Philadelphia, and it's going to be a fun time for Rashawn Holmes, hopefully, and the Philadelphia 76ers. As you know, I'm a lifelong Philadelphia 76ers fan. But anyway, hit this man up on Twitter at Rich underscore Holmes 22. Also, you can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgame, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForItGant. G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Hit us up on Facebook, Go For It Can't. YouTube, Go For It Can't. Website, Go For It And support all the great things going on. We'll go for it. For everybody, here at Go For It. We hope you have a great weekend. Take care. Bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.